This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Hey, what do you say? Why the hell not? Let's do a Friday podcast. Al, what's up, man? A Friday podcast, Jerry? Well, yeah, because Thursdays have been completely destroyed lately. Because we have post-show meetings, which with, is uh, fine, but they take the a while. Mark Chernoff. Yes, and then you got to walk the dog. It's just, it's just easier. Right then, by that time, the dog is whining. Jerry, she wants to go out. She wants to eat. There's a whole bunch of things. So we say, what about a Friday podcast? Which we really do anyway. But anyhow. So what's going on? I have a couple items here, Jerry. One, uh, earlier this week, uh, Larry Flint passed away. He I did was, see that. Uh, Not much fanfare. No, no, not much fanfare. He was uh, the man who founded Hustler magazine and uh, was a, a champion of uh, the First Amendment rights. He, he took that uh, pornography and obscenity type stuff as a um, freedom of speech situation. Uh, I remember growing up, I had access to Playboy magazine, of course. Uh, then Penthouse magazine, which really stepped it up from what Playboy was to Penthouse. Right. A little more feel, graphic. A lot more graphic. Then I feel like Hustler went even a step further. Sure. Those were not for me. I liked Playboy magazine for me personally. Did you have experience with nudie magazines growing up? I actually up? did not, no. Really? No, I didn't. You never found nude magazines in the woods like we talk about? No. <laughs> I really like didn't. In, really? And I remember you guys doing this whole bit. Yeah, where well, we um, found nude magazines in the woods. That was like a... I didn't have any woods by... Like, there was nowhere to go yeah. where I grew up. I mean, I, you could go to the, you know, like the school baseball fields. Yeah, There's some trees around there, but it's not like you were going deep into the forest and looking for stuff. No, I, I never did. No. I mean, and listen, you, did, did I... Did we see them? Of course. I had friends that got them. But it wasn't like they ever came to the house. I never went to the store and bought one, and I yeah. sure as hell never found them in the woods. Wow. So you never found nudie no, magazines in the woods. You never not. purchased one on your own where you took it up to the counter because that no. was a tough did move. Did you? My, uh, I did occasionally. My friend John would Time do it. Time out a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Rewind. All right. So you, Mr. Al Dukes, at the age of 51, who is still embarrassed to buy condoms. Yes. Had no problem buying a Playboy or a Penthouse magazine? Well, I'll tell you this. So we would only buy Playboys and Penthouse. We would mostly buy Penthouse because we, uh, yeah, we'd get like Playboy and Penthouse. 
it was me and my friend John. And but here's the thing: we would only buy them from one particular store, a convenience store. But why wouldn't you get the condoms there? Um. Well, at the time, neither he nor I needed condoms. We had no uh, date, dates. We were, were you in your twenties yet? <laughs> no, not in my twenties, but we were in high school for okay. sure. Okay, all right. And uh, so we felt comfortable purchasing the magazines in this one store where there was an Indian gentleman behind the counter. I didn't feel like he was judging me. Okay. Where I felt like. Uh, other people were judging me when I would purchase these magazines. Yeah, like I was not, I was never female at the drug. Yes, store. I was never going to bring up a mag. And plus, at this drugstore, you had a you had to ask for the magazine. All right, would you have any issue going to Seven Eleven, Wawa, um, a convenience store, at a gas station to buy condoms now? Yeah, I'd still go to what I would do now is I would go to the supermarket. Well, what you do now is you go to Amazon. But yes, go ahead. Or right. Amazon. Even back in the day, Jerry, I ordered from legitimately condoms.com was a website. It was. Yeah. All right. But otherwise, right, Amazon. Or you just go to the supermarket or drugstore and go to your order. Yeah, you go to your, uh, either you bury it in your order or you go to self-checkout. So much easier now. Well, self-checkout's relatively new. So you've done that recently. Um, No. Okay. But self-checkout is new. Rel- it's, a, relatively. it's a number of years old now. At a I supermarket? Think so. I think so. See, the supermarkets around me, self-checkout literally is the last two years. Oh, no. I've, I feel like I've had self-checkout longer, but maybe not. But, yeah, I felt like, you know, the, this one particular place buying the Nooney magazines, they, the, the man behind the counter was not judging us. I hear you. And I would have my friend John order me, get me one. He He was more ballsy than me. All right. I wonder how John. Do you still talk to John? Oh yeah, still he's one of your fr- three friends. He's one of my three friends. Yes. Where's John live these days? Uh, he lives uh, in the same town we grew up in, Colonia, New Jersey. Oh, okay, fair he's enough. Got a lovely Isn't it house there. How we don't go anywhere? Um, yes, so some of us uh, go back. He had a family situation where he uh, ended up uh, going back there and renovating uh, a home. So it's okay. a very lovely place, but I'm yes, sure the same town. Like when we got, when I got married to my wife, we, uh, we obviously stayed in this town just because it was our first, you know, townhouse. But when we moved from there, I remember we had the conversation. I am not coming back here. Yeah. Like I, I we will live anywhere but this town. And only from the, not that it was there's anything wrong with it. It was that I just spent how many years here. It's enough. Now let's move on and do something new, which yeah. we did. Except that that only lasted three years because I couldn't stay awake driving home. And then when we moved back, I promise you, Al, we looked everywhere except my former town. I mean, everywhere. Couldn't find anything. And then we ended up back. I couldn't make it up. Yeah. Funny. Well, Bruce Springsteen tells that story in his uh, Broadway play and in his biography. He says, you know, he wrote all these songs about, you know, born to run, getting out, never coming back, but 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 he says, Now I live ten miles from my childhood home. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Very true, right? He also has a gorgeous home on the Navasink. Yes. He's got a gorgeous home in Colts Neck. I think he's doing fine. He's doing all right for himself, this yeah. Bruce Springsteen. But uh, rest in peace, Larry Flint, Hustler magazine. Right. I did like the movie with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, you know what? I don't I don't think I've seen that. Really? It's yeah. good. I mean, I don't know if the portrayal was proper, but if it was, it was it was it was a good movie. I want to say this in a nice way, but 
going from Playboy magazine, which was, they would show women's private parts, but it wasn't, for whatever reason, it wasn't like... It wasn't graphic. It wasn't graphic. When I saw Penthouse magazine, and I saw what was going on down there, I was confused. (laughs) The graphicness of it. (laughs) You were confused in what way? You didn't know what went where? What is all that other stuff? <laughs> well, That's I, what listen, I was confused I'm about. sure I was probably the same way if you're talking about 14 years old or something like yeah. that. So, sure. And I would just hide them in my closet. I I gotcha. And no one ever in- inspected your closet? No. No okay. one inspected my closet for nude magazines. Or your ceiling for your videos. Uh, no, I had those in my desk drawer. But oh, that's right. You just had labeled. Them labeled. That's right. I forgot. The Who at Giant Stadium. Aren't you lucky your parents never wanted to watch The Who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, you know what? I'm itching for a Who concert tonight. Let's grab Al's VHS. <laughs> that would be no! great if they found out and they played you. Right. They're like, no, we watch the, those movies all the time. <laughs> we awesome. snuck them back into your drawer. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff, Jerry. Good so we're stuff. resting. Rest in peace, Mister Larry Flint. Yes. Here's an interesting story, Jerry. I'll, I'll, I'll read you the headline and then get into how this happened. All right. Uh, a man turns his dead uncle's skeleton into a fully functional electric guitar. Oh boy. All right. Explain. Where's it? I'm going to say this is in Great Britain. Let's see. Uh, Greece. This was okay. happening in Greece. Greece, so, where all the hunky men are, according to you. Yeah, where all the hunksters are. Right. So this guy's uncle, this guy, the, the guy who made the guitar out of his uncle's skeleton, uh, is a metalhead. His uncle was a metalhead. His uncle had given his body up for science when he died. So the skeleton went to a college there in Greece. Well, I guess they only keep these skeletons and body parts for a certain number of years, and then they have to return them back to the families, and then they get new skeletons and things. And for they can do the, the proper burial or whatever they want to do. Yeah, so they went to return it to the family. Uh, it was used for educational purposes for two decades. It was returned to his family. Uh, they're Orthodox Greek, which uh, they're not into cremation. And the cost of burial was too expensive. So they didn't know what to do with the remains. Well, this dude... (laughs) Listen to this dog. He lives, of course, in Florida now, Jerry. Of course um, he does. A Florida man. The uh, nephew. Uh, He lives in Florida. Florida. So he got the skeleton and just made a um, guitar out of it because that's what his uncle would have wanted. What the hell does it look like? Jerry, it looks like it is unbelievable. If it looks like he he's taken the pelvis, spine, and rib cage, and that's the part that you strum. You it looks pretty wild. Me. Wow, how do you? Yeah, it's mm, cool looking. It is. It's creepy though. Have you seen? You, you got to Google it when you get a chance. So, man makes guitar out of uncle, uncle's skeleton. Out of uncle, Let's Google that right up, Jerry. I am. I'm looking at it right now. I'm just waiting for to see the picture. Wow. A Tam- yeah. He's from Tampa. Oh, he's in Tampa. Oh, yeah. we could have met him if we would have gone to the Super Bowl. That would have been awesome. Wow, that is really something. It, it's it cre- it, I got to be honest. It's creepy. It is very creepy. Like, imagine, like, that's just in your basement next to your amps. No, skeleton. I couldn't, actually. It is, I agree with you. It is cool. It is creepy as hell, though. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. 
I wish I still loved metal music. I feel like that was a great time in my life. I was b- buying nudie magazines from convenience stores. I was listening to heavy metal tapes ca- on cassette in my car. So get into it. You got your what serious. Time. What a time to be alive. Yeah. You just don't know, drive just, much anymore. That's the problem with yeah, you. Yeah, but I play I play music at home all the time. So, I always have the radio on. But so I, I don't know. Music. I, yeah, I guess. Let's get into some Godsmack and, and Stained and all the and Judas Priest again. I probably would mostly like uh, the one called uh, Hair Metal, which is like 1980s well, heavy metal. Yeah. And then there's also Ozzy's Boneyard. I have trouble listening to that hair metal stuff. Yeah, me too. That's what I mean. Like, I liked it when I was in like high school and stuff, but I don't. It didn't like really live on for me. It's a, I'm gonna. Uh, They're meaningless songs, Jerry. They are, but they, they almost seem like. What's the right word? They, they don't seem real. Like when we were kids, like that was the hard rock and music. And now right. I listen to it, and I almost laugh at it. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like, the Aussie music everyone thought was the devil. Right, sure. And now you listen to it. They're just catchy. Aussie's kind of fun because yeah. we saw him in the Osbournes. And yeah. It's he's kind of an like, old man now. <laughs> like Terry Bradshaw. I don't know if you've ever come across his reality show with his wife yeah. and his daughters. It's a, It's actually a – I don't watch it often, but I've seen a couple of them. It's actually a blast. He's a goofball. Yeah. And you kind of get to know these people a little bit, even if it's, you know, they're played up a little bit for sure. But Ozzy, it's like, wait, time out. This is the guy with the with the bat? What? Right, biting heads off bats, biting heads off doves. Yeah. We heard it much uh, other things about him. The one thing about him that I saw him with his wife in an interview, uh, I don't remember where, one of the cable networks, when he was talking about just how many women he's been with. Ozzy. Oh, my God. Yes. And how many at a time? Like, good Lord. I feel like Sammy Hagar has done that with more women because he, he tells those stories about multiple women a night under the stage in yes. between during uh, Eddie Van Halen, the yeah. guitar solos. And I believe in the Osborne case, it was her that told the story. Oh, yeah. Not him. A, he, yeah, they say he was a sex addict, yeah. that Ozzy Osbourne. And he admitted it. And Sammy Hagar, same yeah. thing. I saw that on the boat, that show, too. On, so, um, like Those guys, Axis. had they had to have gotten VD at some point, right? Well, it's funny you say that. In the, I don't know about uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I know in the yeah. case of Sammy Hagar, he discussed how he never did and also was never told that he had a child. Hmm. Now, it doesn't mean he didn't, but he also said, he goes, if I didn't, you don't think they would have sought me out for money? Right. And for some responsibility and he, he, never he better not Sammy Hagar and Ozzy Osbourne better not put their DNA up on 23andMe or their, their kids are going to come <laughs> a-calling. That's what I would do. Yeah, you know, that's scary, though. My if father's you, the prince of darkness. Well, could you? But if you think about that, and you're probably talking about, I mean, I, I would think probably thousands of women, I, yes, I would think. Absolutely. You have a, there's a good chance, I guess it's possible you fathered none, there's yeah. a really good chance, though, that there could be hundreds of kids running around that you produced. That's possible. Right. At not least me. a couple you mean dozen. Like Sammy Hagar and Ozzy Osbourne. Yes, not you. I didn't mean to say it that way. Did right. I say it improperly? You said, well, you said there's a chance you could. Well, I just want I the meant, audience to know. I meant statistically. Right. If anybody had sex with that many women, mm-hmm. and I, I really would think listening to those two stories that you're in the thousands, that I would think there's a good chance that there's a couple dozen of your offspring running around. Right. I don't, I, I statistically, I don't know how, how not, unless you're sterile. Cause you know, they weren't using condoms. No, of course not. So, and I don't know, that just seemed like a weird time. You think that still happens today? 
Like with the rockers today? Yeah, or is that kind of a fad, or it was back in the 70s and 80s where it was just like, you I, know. I, yeah, I think it was much more prevalent back then, but I, I think it still goes on. Yeah, I would think so too. I, I Yeah, I mean, I watched that Metallica documentary. Yeah. And it didn't seem now like, oh, that's Metallica now as opposed to then. They just seem boring now. I don't right. think they're doing anything. No, they're, they're, they're family men. They don't drink. Could you imagine being single and being a rocker, like yeah. a popular rocker? Yes, that'd be uh, that would seem awesome. Man, what a life! You got to stay Rock away from the roll. drugs, though. Yeah, stay away from the drugs, Jerry. Yeah, and watch your money. Well, of course, you got to make and sure roll forever. Take care of your own cash. Take care of your chickens. That's what I say. <laughs> or Marshawn Lynch, Jerry. Let's do a Friday warm-up shoe here. What do you say? I have to pee. The dog has to pee. Whatever you say, Al. All right, Jerry. We'll see you uh, Monday, yeah? Yes, although I'm worried about this ice storm. I might be ice storm. Monday. Okay, we'll see what goes down. Be careful about the ice storm this Monday. Uh, other than that, enjoy your Valentine's Day weekend. Mm, hubba hubba. I think I'm going to paint, actually. Hubba hubba. Hubba what? I'm going to paint an office. Paint a big heart on the wall. I'm not doing that. I'm moving okay. the office this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Take before and after photos. Um, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Have a good weekend. All right, Jerry. We'll see you Enjoy on your Monday. Enjoy your 4.30 dinner on Sunday. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Gina goes, do you think we need reservations? Not at 4.30, we don't. <laughs> you learned that a couple of years ago. Oh, your, yeah. What was it, 4 p.m.? And you I were went 4 p.m. to a place in the Basking Ridge back when you were allowed to jam people into restaurants. <laughs> no one in there. I know. I wouldn't know why they would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you and the 80-year-olds. Yep, me and the old people. Killing right, dude, it. Enjoy All right, your weekend. Two. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, here we go. A couple minutes after 5 o'clock, football Friday on the fan. I'm here in New York City with the Eddie Scazzeri, and there's a lonely old man by the sea with his puppy. His name is Al Hal Dukes. I know you got cool games for us today, Al, as we hit a football Friday in February. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, Good morning, Jerry. Unfortunately, this is the first weekend without cool games. There are no cool games because basketball is not cool. Baseball's not cool. Hockey's not cool. Soccer's not cool. The only cool game that there is is NFL football. Hockey's a cool game. Play it on ice, nice and chilly and cold in the area. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I don't have a song today. Uh, A listener sent me something, which I did not ask for yet. It was a gift that I enjoyed. I played it for Eddie. He laughed. Okay. I laughed. It's a song about me, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's quick, Jerry. <laughs> that you're going to sing? No, no, I'm not going to sing it. It's, oh, good. This, this man sent a produced song, which is slightly overmodulated, which I think adds to the charm. Oh, how excited must have you have been yesterday? Well, I just I actually got it this morning, and normally when I get these songs from listeners, I'm like, oh, it's going to be terrible. And normally they're terrible. This made me laugh. All right. It goes like this. 
I guess that's why they call him Al Dukes. He is the man that makes Maggie Gray puke. Neighborhood Watch Pro starts days with Reco. Locked down in Jersey with his dog Whimsy. She's a good girl. And I guess that's why they call him Al Dukes. That's it. There you go. <laughs> awesome. The guy was so into it. Yes. Let me get his name, Jerry, because it's very important. John Hall sent that to me. Very nice. Is uh, he from Hall and Hoots fame? He was uh, not, not that. brother? Not him. He's from uh, Pennsylvania. And as he says in his email, I was born in 69. Distant me relative? Too. Me too. Well, yes. You guys are like uh, kindred spirits there. Yeah. A combined age of uh, almost 104, <laughs> and he sings a song about me. There so this go. is what we're doing over here, Jerry. You this having is, dinner with him this weekend? <laughs> uh, well, I'm considering it, unless he's going to shout like that the whole time. I like that he had his... I could just picture him like hiding in his basement. No, I think Did he you, does that proud with his wife by his side. Uh, you do? Yes, so I you do. So you only think he has a wife. That's nice. That's a nice thought. Okay. Yeah, most 51-year-olds do have wives. That is true. I am a, a rare exception. Yes. No, I'm not saying statistically. all of them. But statistically, I would say, what would you say, 80% of um, the 51-year-olds? Well, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think it's? Do you think there are more 51-year-old males that have never been married or are on their second wives? Ooh, that is a great question. It's a good question, I'm gonna right? I'm going to say second wives. Me too. Yeah, I will say uh, second wives. Yeah, I'm going to say more likely at 51 male to be on your second wife than to have been on zero wives. I think that's probably, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. A lot, mm. a lot of people, when they get separated, or divorced rather, yeah. when they get divorced, they end up in relationships very quickly. Yes. And then the, I don't know if you've ever seen the statistical numbers on divorce, which we have discussed many times, but the second marriage divorce rate, I I believe is higher than the first. Is that right? I'm pretty sure it is, which is sad. I mean, (laughs) means you just failed twice. I do know that the older you get, like if the longer you wait to get married, the more successful your marriage will be, they say. Oh, I said, well, because you're set in your ways and you find someone that's like you. Yeah. I would think. But I also think there's something to be said that if you... there's no one left and you're seeing the end and you're <laughs> right. going to settle and be happy. <laughs> I've got no one. You've got no one. Let's get together. <laughs> Let's just finish this thing out together, huh? <laughs> Although I think if you get married in your early 20s, you that's all you know. So that, that could be good as well. You know what I mean? Like you, I got married at 25. Yeah. You've not been on your own long enough to get set in your ways. Um... Yes. Uh, See, that's a weird one because I do think you still have your, you know, your quirks that I I don't think go away. And that's probably why over 50% of marriages end up in divorce. That could be one of the key factors. It it could be. But, yeah, you might be right. You probably end up – that's a good one. So I'm trying to think about me. If I, see, I think I'm the same person. I really do think I'm the same person as I was when I was 25. So I don't know that I've changed all that much. Mm Mm-hmm. So set in my ways, I don't know. Not like you, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I'm like cemented. Yes, I. Yeah, yeah. I'm a gorilla glued into my ways. You've got the cement boots all the way down to the yep. bottom of the ocean. Yes, cement boots, gorilla glued to my feet. I would agree with that. 
Jerry, what do you make of this? Uh, NFL films, you know, the Super Bowl, NFL films, all this sort of thing. The Super Bowl, like, they record everything. Right. You get everything is mic'd up. Uh, there's all sorts of things. And, of course, we had an exchange between Mr. Tom Brady and Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew, yes. Uh, which uh, the, Tyron Matthew said, uh, tweeted that uh, Tom Brady said something uh, that you should never, a name that you should never call another person. Yes. And then he deleted that tweet, but it went out to 1.2 million people, his followers. Uh, Tom Brady, we know, issued, uh, texted him a lengthy apology and says he would like to apologize to him in person when they play again. NFL Films has decided they are not releasing the audio. So a couple things here. All right. Michael Irvin spoke about this. He has seen the video and heard the audio. Mm -hmm. Number one, nothing racial about it. Okay, that's good. He wanted to be very clear about that, that there was nothing racial and that Tom Brady didn't cross that line because there that Michael Irvin was annoyed the way Tyron Matthew put the tweet out, because as he put it, what he said gives you the indication that Brady might have gone there. Yes, he did not. Agreed. So that's a good thing that Michael Irvin came out and cleared that up. My theory is that he said one of those words Mm -hmm. that people don't like one of the c words that's exactly what i think i didn't know if i could say that but yes that's exactly and, what i think one and that the, we uh, four letter c words yes and that we cannot as a nation jerry we could not handle seeing uh, I, that yes, come out of tom I, brady's mouth i 100 percent think that's the decision they made that he's 43 he's been the golden boy mm-hmm. and we don't need to hear him say that <laughs> we would never hear it anyway because they'd bleep it out true true which I don't know why you wouldn't just release that bleeped out. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong. I mean, it's still leaving it up to your imagination what he said. Yes. That didn't change. You're right. They don't want to tarnish the 43-year-old golden boy. Like, man, And, oh, by the way, there was, you know, the whole deflated football thing. I mean, it's right. not like he hasn't had his reputation tarnished and smeared at times. You had the whole videotaping thing, though not his fault, and it was it was the coach that did it, but he was part of it. Or part of that team. So he's had a, it's interesting, he's 43 now and we look at him as he's untouchable and oh my God, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. But if you look at his career over the last 20 years, there have been things in it that are like, not so squeaky clean. My guess is this is just language they don't want people to hear. I don't, that's just my theory. I don't know. Right, he was suspended with was. his deflated balls. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Balls. No question. Which I still think it's one of the now, stupider things I've ever seen, but whatever. If Michael Irvin has seen this, various other people on NFL Films, NFL Network have seen this. Eventually, it's going to get out unedited. Maybe. I mean, but how does it get out? Someone takes a video on their phone yeah. and then releases it? Or someone just, well, you're you know. You're risking your job then at that someone point. In, someone in the archives. Yeah. Someone in the NFL well, Films. I mean, you can Mount make that Laurel, case. New Jersey. You could make that case for any find just a, an angry employee. It's certainly yeah. possible. I don't think someone like a Michael Irvin would do that because you got too much to lose. No, I don't think Michael Irvin would do it. I'm talking about like some some uh, some whiz kid in the in the editing department who knows he could grab it without anyone knowing he grabbed it. Leak it to uh, somebody. TMZ. TMZ. Barstool. <laughs> yes. No doubt. They'll put it out and we'll all get to enjoy it because I want to see it. I want to see Tom Brady using that sort of language. But we've heard it, though. That's what I don't understand about the whole thing. Like, we've heard Tom Brady screaming at his teammates and having words bleeped out on the sideline. Yeah. Why is this so, especially if you're going to bleep it out, 
What you Plus, you don't want to bleep out, you know, mother bleeper? I mean, okay, like we haven't heard him say that before. Plus, I want to hear Matthew's uh, response to him. Yeah, I'm sure that. Well, I think he was stunned, wasn't he? Stunned at disbelief. This is Tom Brady. Right. He didn't say these things. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, what a head game that, that Tom Brady was playing in that game. Yeah. Using that kind of language, you stunned Tyron Matthew. You're right about that. Mm. So pretty wild, pretty wild. But I, I, I got to tell you, it's wild stuff. Wild stuff. I don't know if it'll ever be leaked, but I wouldn't mind hearing it. I'm not like you. I'm not going to run to hear it. But I will run. If it came across my desk, I might click it. Interesting quick rumor, Jerry, going around. Odell Beckham Jr. to the Buccaneers. What are your thoughts? I don't have Teaming any. up with Tom Brady. I don't have any. I mean, let me know if he gets traded. I'm so tired of rumors in this business, people mm-hmm. putting stuff out there, and then it never happens, and we waste right. our breath talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, I'm Odell'd out. Still, even though like we haven't dealt with him in a while. I'm with you, no, though. As soon as I hear him, I'm like, eh. I don't mean it from that standpoint. Like, I like him as a player. I do. And I, don't, and I do think that most of his teammates like him. I, I think it's the media. I think it's people like us that don't like his act. Right. Um, that haven't been said. I don't like talking about him. He hasn't played in how long. He missed almost all of the season because of injury. If and when he gets traded to the Buccaneers, let's discuss it. Until then, what is it? I don't know. I feel like all we do is talk about Odell Beckham Jr. trade rumors. rumors. Yeah. Rumors in the air like a thief in the night. What song is that from? Is that Foreigner? I, I think it's Night Ranger. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had Night Ranger on the tip of my tongue there. Really? Let me ask Night you this Ranger. question. And I know this is not sports, but real quick. I Could had um, I took my son and one of his friends to hit yesterday. Batting cage? Yes. CK's in Morganville. Great place. Nice. And we were driving there, and I was playing my Spotify. I wasn't playing music, and it, which is all over the map. And the kid says to me, he goes, my dad tells me the 80s is the best music ever. Would you agree? No. What would you say? What era? I said out of the, because I went 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. I said, that's to me, it's like second worst out of the six six decades. Hmm. I'm going to, I'm going with that guy's dad. I'm going 80s for me. Really? Yeah. The but 80s I'm not, is terrible. No, the eight, the, the, when people say 80s one, 80s one hit wonders was not good. But 1980s music from all the bands that I loved, there, you know, that there are many bands that went through 70s, 80s, 90s. And to me, I love the 1980s version of bands. Like Eddie doesn't like, Eddie's a 70s guy, right? So for me, I love the Led Zeppelin album that came out in the 80s that everybody hated. I love the Bowie from the 80s versus Bowie from the 70s. So I still like that 1980s Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi, yeah, I mean, Night Ranger, fine. Van wow. Halen from the 80s versus Van Halen from the late 70s. I mean, I agree with the Van Halen. 90s. I mean, you know, I love them, especially in the 80s. But, man, over the music in the 60s, the 70s, yeah. the 90s. Yes, wow. give me the 80s. I think they might even come up last on my hmm. list. I, I might get together with this kid's father and just listen to music <laughs> together. I guess you could. Him. It's funny because I said I was going to ask you. Yeah. Because I always say that you're one of my most respected music people. I'm going that. I'm uh, going 1980s for disa- me. I'm disappointed in you. And I thought you might say the 80s because of Bruce. But I'm a little disappointed in you. Well, Bruce had the classic albums in the 70s. I know he did. But like I, some but, people would say his 1980s stuff. Not, But he also had a lot of good music in the 80s as well. Yeah. So, wow. All right. Well, that was a little, a little How about that? for me. How about yours is the 90s, Jerry, or 2000s? Um, Your era. 
No, I, it would be either the 60s music or the 90s. I'm not sure. Really? Yeah. I think the music of the 60s is amazing. Ed, I don't know if Eddie's in there, but Eddie's definitely he a is. 70s guy. Uh, no question, as we know when he plays his rejoins. Even uh, over, 60s, too. But yeah, no, but I, I think 70s. 65 to 75. All right, Ooh, we he's going mid decade. Mid decade. He's going mid decade on you. That's, that's dude, if decade. I had to tell you, sixties or seventies, which one are you picking? I'm saying. 65 <laughs> well, then you're disqualified. No, you're disqualified. Sixties or seventies? That it's not. There's not choice C. Sixty-five to seventy-five. Sixties or seventies? Well, like a normal human being. If I had to, then you have of the to. Beatles. Sixties. There you go. Oh, Eddie's a sixties guy. God, I love it different. though. Mid decade to mid. To me, uh, Jerry, it's seventy-seven to eighty-seven. Oh, shut up, Al. <laughs> That's where I'm going. <laughs> Five seventeen. Warm up show until six. Boomer and Geo. Then I'd like to say it's a football Friday, but uh, it's not. It's, it's just not. It's, it's a Friday. But it's a Friday, so that's a good thing. Smile, enjoy your coffee on your way to work. Enjoy us. And then Boomer and Geo at the top of the fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Al and Jerry, let's talk more rock. All right, 522, it's a Friday. I had uh, someone on Twitter, let's see, let me get his name properly, give him the credit. Uh, Ricky Gasper calls it a summer Friday. Let me ask you, Al, down the Jersey Shore, was it a summer Friday walking whimsy this morning? <laughs> it, was, it was not a summer Friday. No, it is not a summer Friday. It is cold out, dude. Yeah, it's nasty, Jerry. You know, it's it's a, just nasty. This is what I don't understand. And maybe Eddie came across this on the walk-in as well. And it's an extremely sad situation, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. All right. I, I walked by a homeless person that had, like, I mean, three or four blankets on him for sure. It's 23 degrees out. Yeah. How are you? How do you even stay alive in that condition? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I, it much uh, if it drops like ten more degrees, and if it's windy, it would be almost impossible. I, but if you know, they bundle up and stay somewhat moving. You know, oh, it's, come on, it's yeah, it's brutal. Though. There's no chance. I'm it's cold brutal. in Boomer's office sometimes because the heat turns off in the middle yeah. of the night. Yeah, and it's still 62 degrees in there. It's not like yeah. it's 30. Man, anyway, sad. Sad, sad, sad. What else you got Absolutely, Jerry. Well, uh, Trevor Bauer was already uh, having some problems uh, with his Los Angeles Dodgers signing. No, 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 no. He he said he's he's into the fans. Oh, well. Fader up, please, real quick. Oh, you got audio of him. Yeah, Eddie. Nice. Uh, Trevor Bauer. Eddie. (laughs) Eddie's not paying attention. He's listening to 80s music in there. He doesn't care. Can you pull up the fader, please, sir? (laughs) You I'm excited oh, to be here. I'm excited to win with this with this group. I'm excited to interact with the Dodger fans. And well, <laughs> now you can continue your story, Al. <laughs> well, he was excited to interact with Dodger fans, Jerry, but he took to social media to say, uh, "Dodger fans, I love you already, and I love signing autographs for fans. But please <laughs> have some respect for my personal space when I'm at my house or hotel. It's not okay to follow me through the hotel demanding that I sign. Now, sign here. Sign here." I would say the house thing, he's dead on right. Do you think anyone went to his house in Los Angeles to get him to sign things? He's probably still in the hotel. Do I think that there's... Oh, well, he's from the area, so he could be with his parents. Do I think it's possible that fans have camped outside the driveway? Absolutely, I do. Oh, 100%. 
especially if they know he went to UCLA, he grew up there, his parents still live there, people know where he lives, or at least where his parents live. So that, that does not surprise me, and that's wrong. The hotel thing, dude, you just signed the richest per year contract for a pitcher in baseball. Deal with it, man, because that's right. going to be everywhere you go every day. You wanted this. You got it. So sorry if you don't like it, but that's what uh, happens when you make $40 million a year. I say the same thing here in Bradley Beach, Jerry. Please have some respect when I'm out walking whimsy. And really? Because I thought okay. you actually got a, uh, one of those highlighted lights <laughs> that, that blink and flash, one of those signs. Al lives here, autographs at 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, in case uh, you didn't recognize my bald head, I also got a unique dog to walk around town just in case you weren't sure if it was me or not. <laughs> yes, exactly. Please. <laughs> Looks just like you. Please, when I'm having dinner. Please come up and say hello and ask to take photos. It impresses Gina and makes all the rest of the restaurant patrons look around going, who is this guy? Neon why signs is this outside guy? your building. Yeah. I live here. I'll do Please here. say hello. <laughs> Boy, he would. I wonder like, if he would have come to New York. You think New York and L.A. would be two places where people don't care all that much about autographs because they're used to seeing celebrities? No, you got autograph seekers left and right. It doesn't matter where you are Yeah, because they try to make money off it. Yeah, I can't believe that's still a thing, like oh, autographs. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Like a Trevor Bauer autograph. It is still a thing. There's no question about it. Hmm. You know, And I think what happens, too, is when you see the adults asking for them, I think that's when the players get annoyed. Yeah. I don't right. think they, they mind the kids. Right. And the other thing, too, I've been told, the best thing you can do if you are an adult mm-hmm. getting an autograph, ask them to personalize it so they know you're not doing it to sell it. I would just say this. I'd be like, oh, this is for a uh, an ill child. Shut up, Al. Even if I was just keeping it for myself. That way you make the <laughs> player feel bad and he or she signs for you. I remember the last time, and I don't mean with my kids, I have certainly tried to get an autograph with them a couple of times. But as an adult, the last time I tried to get an autograph for myself yeah. was in Vero Beach. when So where the Dodgers used to do spring training in Vero Beach – they would literally have to go from the field and walk across the grounds to get to the locker room. It wasn't like you just go into the dugout, into the tunnel, and you know, you're know you into the clubhouse, and there are you know designated autograph times. In Vero Beach, the players walk through the ground. I mean, it was really pretty wild. So my dad took me for spring training, when I, I think when I was 18. I'm pretty sure it was when I turned 18. And I remember Daryl was sitting on the bench. I don't remember if Eric Davis was there or not, but he was on the bench, and I saw him get up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. Unfortunately, so did about 50 other people. And I never got near him. And I remember, well, I mean, I was near him, but I couldn't get close enough to get the autograph. But I remember at one point, as we were almost to the clubhouse, stopping and saying, this is sort of embarrassing. Yeah, it's a little strange. And as I walked back to where my father was sitting at the stadium, you know, inside the baseball uh, seating area for the game, I remember thinking to myself, I'm 18 and I'm trying to get an, an autograph of a man. <laughs> And I never asked for, I never looked for another one ever again until my kids. It's worse now when you're a man trying to get an autograph to somebody who's 18 or 19 or 20. That feels oh, weird for sure. to me. Right, like waiting online or waiting in a scrum to get Pete yeah. Alonzo's autograph. Yeah, that's so bizarre. Yeah, but you know what? It happens all the time. And people are like fired up for it too. That's I'd wait why. in line to get Magnificent Morocco's autograph because he's still older than me. Wrestler. And, and Bruce. And Bruce, probably. Yeah, like I was probably. disappointed. You go stalk out his home in Colts Neck. What do you mean, probably? That's that's a fair accusation, Jerry. Very fair. <laughs> yeah, when he was doing book signings, I wanted to I wanted to go, but you never did that. 
No, because it was you had to get you had to be picked in advance, and I could never figure out how to do that. Got it. Well, you're Mister Internet. How did you <clears> not figure that out? Um. Well, I just I couldn't. Yeah, it was it was too complicated. Understood. Jerry, I wrote a uh, joke. If you want me, I'm, I I have a setup, and then uh, I have a topical setup and joke. It's in the same way that it would be done on like Weekend Update or the when Jay Leno had the Tonight Show. That's fine. I really do like it better when you sing cool games, but that's fine. We can try. Okay. This. All right. <clears throat> do it like I'm doing a monologue. Uh, Larry King, Jerry, as you know, passed away a couple, uh, maybe a week or so ago. He turns out he left $2 million to his kids in a handwritten will. Also included, they each get a lifetime supply of Welch's grape juice and garlic. This is where you That's laugh. It? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was actually kind of cool. That's a joke. No, they actually got $2 million, so, but um, uh, a lifetime supply of Welch's Crepe and Garlic, that was the part I wrote. Yeah, I saw that on the show sheet. Yeah, I thought that was legit. I thought that was legit. Like, why wouldn't be? He hawked those two products for 30 years. I wrote the joke on the show sheet in case Gio wants to deliver it later with a different audience. So what Jerry and I are saying is that it sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. much. I'm hearing that. I'm getting that feedback. <laughs> I oh, thought God, Larry no. King would have more than $2 million. Uh, I believe Larry King was married a couple of times, was he not? Well, if he's got ten kids, then that's okay. <laughs> that's another oh, thing, too. right? Because they know go how they, many kids he has. the way they worded it, two million. Like if you, I've I've figured all this stuff out uh, through my uh, uh, listening to money podcasts and things. Yeah, if you do your four hundred one k and you start your four hundred one k when you start your full time job, when you retire, you'll have like two million dollars in the bank. Uh, that's how does how Larry? They, yeah. How's Larry King only have two million dollars? Because I think he was married a few times. Uh, okay, more than a few times. Oh boy, this is why he doesn't have any money. All right, what do we got? He was married once, twice, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven times. Till death do us part. <laughs> what an idiot! Seven times. Seven times. All right, now, and this goes to what I was saying before: divorced in 1961 to Annette K. Marries Arlene Aikens in 1961. Same year. Same year. Divorces her, remarries her a few years later. Oh, they got back together. And so this is interesting. So he divorces uh, Aileen Aikens in 1963. 1963, he marries another woman, divorces her in 1967, and in 1967, remarries Aileen Aikens. And that was like back in the 60s. It wasn't cool Jesus. to divorce and remarry. He was doing it multiple years in the 60s. So technically, he was married eight times, although two to the same woman, but married eight times. Well, no wonder so if he you want to know why he didn't money. have any money, if he didn't have any money, that's it. You also know he was he was arrested. Did you know that? Drunk driving? Drugs? Um, it just says... Hello. His, I, <laughs> <laughs> stupid. There's there just his mugshot. And it yeah. just says charges ultimately dropped from a 1971 arrest. Doesn't say think, for what. I think he was arrested in Miami. He was. Yes, that is correct. I don't know why I would know that, but <laughs> garlic. I don't either. Wow, this is this is fast. So eight times. Yeah. And look at how quickly he remarried all those times. Wow. So yeah, he definitely he made an impact on the divorce statistics. Yes. Or he, he himself. Knocked up the average of divorces right through the roof, just Larry King alone. Let me ask you this, too, because this is interesting. So he gets married in 1997. He's got five children, by the way. Um, He gets married in 1997. 
He gets divorced in 2019. Damn. Now, he was how old? Old man, Jerry. No, seriously. He was born in 33, so 67. So he was in his late eight. Like, what makes you decide to get married when you're 86 years old? Right. It's enough. Wow. So very interesting. You learn something every day. You ask How about the question, that? I look it up, I give you the answer. Man. Jerry, Jerry the uh, Toronto Raptors, they play NBA basketball. In Tampa. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to finish their season in Tampa, which is, as you know, Jerry, the champion capital of the world. It sure has been. Or as they call it, Champa Bay. Champa Bay? Is that what we're calling it now? I thought yeah. it was Tampa Bay. Uh, that's only for Tom Brady-related things. Otherwise, it's Champa Bay. It works. Would you bet on the Raptors to win no. the NBA title? No. They're what? not that good. No. Oh. But maybe you heard they moved to Tampa Bay. Or, I'm sorry, Champa Bay. Yeah, no, I knew that. I was well aware. But you realize okay. how many movies Larry King was in? But he always probably played himself, right? I uh, probably. And you know what? Voiceover, too. Okay. So he also oh, did voiceover, voiceover for guy. cartoons like Shrek. And Shrek Forever After. Did you ever see Shrek, Al? No, I've not been a Shrek guy. Yeah, no one dies in it, so you're out. Yeah, I'm out. It's no murder mystery. <laughs> Who killed Shrek? 25 in front. Maybe that's the next one. <laughs> <laughs> the next installment of the series. Yes. <laughs> 25 in front of six. Or is it, um, oh, I can't think of the wife's name in that movie. Not Naomi. Ah. Hmm. Blanking out. I know it, too, because I've seen those movies. But whatever. we got to take a break. 25 in front of 6. Boomer and Geo, 6 o'clock here on The Fan. Al and Jerry, number one with meatheads in the gym. All right, maybe. It's also Friday, and that means it's time for... Time for... Cool Shame. It's Al and Jerry's Cool Shame. Are you ready? Oh, this is a new Friday segment, Cool Shame? Yeah, that was terrible. But yes, I want to ask you if this is shame or not shame. All right. It could be the shame game. Mm. You never know, because there was a song in the 50s called The Name Game. Right. Barry, 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 Banana, Mm -hmm. Fana, Full Mm -hmm. Ferret, right? We could do that. Yeah. How about this? I saw this yesterday, and you talk about how, how far someone has fallen after a very quick rise to stardom. Do you know Jeremy Lin is playing in the NBA G League? Yeah, I don't understand what goes on with guys. Like, isn't that interesting? What, did he have a bad injury at some point after his well, like? What? How did his Knicks run even end? I don't understand that. I, well, I remember we were all hyped up and jacked up for it. We can debate that, but he yes, he did have injuries. Remember, he signed with the Nets, and that was actually a big signing at the time. Got hurt, did not play a whole lot. He wound up. I think he played. Yeah. Signed with the Rockets right after the Knicks. He did well. He played in a few different places after the Knicks, and then I believe he ended up in China. I have to look. I think he played in China a short time, and he opted not to go back there this year, and instead is playing in the G League. It's just amazing to me to think about in this same studio, you had celebrities calling up Boomer and Carton talking about having Linsanity and that amazing month that he had, maybe even a little longer than that, and at th- and he's only thirty two. That's the other thing. Not like but like, what happened? What, what, what? How did the Knicks run end? I don't even remember. I got, I, you know what? I don't remember. I'm sure. But isn't that weird? Like we don't. I don't we remember. don't name Hi, it. Hi, I'm what? Phil Sims, <laughs> and I have Linsanity. Go Knicks! Wasn't it? Was it Brooke Shields? Who was the uh, Bo Derek? Bo hey, Derek. I'm Bo Derek, and I have Linsanity. <laughs> I mean. It was unbelievable for a while there. I'm Bill Hammer, Fox News. Yeah, it's this insane in the 
Membrane. <laughs> he was Lindsay in the member. Yep. Bill Hemmer. Who is Bill Hemmer? He's a Fox News uh, guy. My name is DeMarco Murray, and I do mm-hmm. have Linsanity. That's yes, another one. So think about DeMarco that. DeMarco Murray had it. DeMarco Murray was a star running back for the Cowboys, and he went to the Titans, I think, after that. Career over already. Meantime, he came and went, and Tom Brady <laughs> was right in the middle of his career. He's still going. Jerry, I am definitely O.C. Manure, and I 100% have insanity, man. <laughs> Even O.C. Manure had it. Hi. Yeah. I'm Boomer Esiason, and I have Linsanity. A lot of people were caught up with that, Jerry. Yes, they were. It said um, here on the Wikipedia page said that uh, Jeremy Lin became a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Uh, the New York Times called him the most popular Nick in a decade and mm-hmm. saved the team season. He I, he did. He only had uh, it says, however, his success over only 26 games left teams uncertain about his overall standing uh, among the league's point guards. That was like nothing I had ever seen. Honestly. In July of uh, 16, Mike D'Antoni recalled that some players on the Knicks resented Jeremy Lin during the Linsanity period, an account corroborated by Amari Stoudemire. Who? Amari Stoudemire. Are you being serious right now, or is this a bad Larry King joke? No. What do you mean? <laughs> it's Amari Studemeyer. What are you talking about? Eddie, you want to help him out? Stoudemire. That's so close. No, it's Studemeyer, not. Stoudemire. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Coming up next segment, me and Al Ducks. It's not close. No, it's not. How are you saying it, Eddie? Amari Stoudemire. Stoudemire? Stoudemire. Yes. What did I say? Studemire. Studebaker. <laughs> That's not close. Anyway, he corroborated uh, <laughs> the jealousy. Who's your the favorite jealous. player on the Brewers? Gorman Thomas. All right. You want to call him Goman? No, Gorman. That's easy. <laughs> Studemeyer is hard to say. Stoudemire. so wrong. <laughs> Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire. Oh, God, I love you to death. It's amazing. I honestly don't even know when you're joking or not anymore. I'd that like was to for rewind reals. and replay the Larry King joke. That wasn't a joke. That was a joke. It was a joke, Jerry. Uh, Larry King uh, passed away a few uh, weeks ago. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Because I saw it on the show sheet, too. Yeah. Is Greg at least aware that you wrote that and it's a joke? Um, I bet he is. He's got a comedic mind, Jerry. Like All right, me. Well, here's the deal, though. You okay. can't say anything. All right, you got it. And I want to see if he brings it up as fact from your show sheet. Because I, I felt like have. I, I felt like I was writing a joke for the show, and then if he wanted to do it later, totally different audience, he could do the joke. Okay. The only problem is Greg does listen to us sometimes driving it, so he might have heard us. I might pass it off to Moose and Maggie if we'll see if uh, either, either of them want to do the joke and then pass it off to uh, Carter and Roberts. dead. Mm. I'm sure Maggie would love that. I think Craig called me an Al Duke sycophant yesterday. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I think so, because he walked into the studio. We did a uh, update together at 11 a.m., which actually oh. went quite well. Um, and I, he just, when he walked in, I said, I, I got to be honest, because I, I said it to someone else. I don't want you to hear it from someone I didn't care for the Lenny Dykstra spot. Oh, nice. Goes, yeah, because you're, you're an Al Duke sycophant. <laughs> said, no, I'm not. I said, we actually argue about guests. I'm like, but in this one, I was with him. Didn't yes. care for it. He didn't care for my, my take on that. 
didn't care for it. A big topic uh, yesterday afternoon I was hearing was, you know, about this, you know, letting fans back into uh, arenas sure. here in uh, New York. Yeah. And how the ticket prices are, you know, through the roof because there's very few tickets to go around. Sure. And they were calling it price gouging, which I don't think is the proper term because you don't Price gouging is for things like bread and milk and gasoline that you no, You need. don't have to go to a game. You don't need to go to a net game. Don't go. Watch it. Watch it. Exactly. That's like when we get people complain, call and complain about the Jets uh, tickets and Giants tickets. and They're making me buy a personal seat license. No, they're not. Hey, guess what? If no one buys them, the prices come down. Exactly. That's the problem is people will buy them. Right. So and, and that's the same with these uh, Nets and Knicks and Rangers tickets. Yeah. I mean, think about how much. And I, listen, I know they're billionaires. I get it, but I also understand it's a business at the end of the day as well. And they are still paying out hundreds of millions of dollars in salaries. You know, they have been crippled in a lot of different areas with their business over the last year and a half. So if if price gouging the rich on a limited number of tickets to come in, so be it. I, I'm with you. Whatever. I'm like Robin. I'm like Robin Hood, Jerry. I steal from the rich and give to the poor. Is this true? Mm-hmm. I look at you as part of the top two percent. No, no, Jerry. I've got I got arrows. Bitcoin. You started your four hundred one k when you were nineteen. You're in good shape. I don't know. When I was, I was still making nineteen thousand dollars a year when I was twenty seven. Yeah, but you that started. Was, but you started your four hundred one k. I suppose I did, but well, I don't know that I, I had anything in it. Wait, the company matched what you put in. And back then, the company put a lot of money in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, back in the day, they used to they used to match everything for one yeah. K style. So, and listen, mm-hmm. you were single then. You're single now. You're doing quite well, Jerry. I want to do a good for you segment here. Cool. Uh, so, I, when I tell the story, then we go uh, good for you. All right. Matthew Stafford and his wife they uh, are leaving the Detroit area. They're going to Los Angeles, and they are giving one million dollars as a going-away gift to Detroit to help build a new education center. Hey, good for hey, you. Hey, good for you. I actually, hey. Yeah, good for you. Was that a tape? No, no, no. That, the first good for you was a tape. Then when I said hey. hey good and every, for you. That's a tape. <laughs> wow. Um, I watched. He did a TV interview as he went to the stadium for one final time. Oh, you, really? You can tell. It actually means a lot to him, that organization and that city. Yes. So it wasn't like, let's just, you know, write him a check and they'll get off my back. Like he, as he points out, like I grew up here when I, mean, I got my kids and we had my kids here, got married here. Like this has been home for me for the last decade. It was really interesting to watch. Yeah. So I'll play well, some he's... clips coming up. You got clips, Jerry? Listen, Al, if you noticed last night, no one yeah. played and it's not exactly a football Friday. I love so it. So I went, uh, A, I got in early. Uh, B, I got a lot of Trevor Bauer sound. I got Urban Meyer sound. I got Matthew Stafford sound. And I got wow. Omar Manaya sound. Wow. Omar Manaya. I don't even think he's with the Mets anymore, is he? Uh, I think he's, I think they just rehired him as a consultant, I mm. believe. I could be wrong, but I think so. Jerry, the other day we were talking about how uh, – oh, actually, this was the day you were out when CeeLo was here. I was saying my uh, a man retired that is just would have been the career I wanted, Alex Tanny. Yes, backup quarterback, made two starts in his entire career, I believe. He threw 15 passes in the NFL over... No, that's not two starts then. Maybe two games he appeared in. Right, appeared in two games. Yeah. And um, he retired. (laughs) And he's already been hired. And now he's the backup quarterbacks coach in Philadelphia. (laughs) He's the... (coughs) 
Jerry, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you call Amari Studemeyer for help? <laughs> I shoved uh, cashews down my throat during the last break. <clears throat> you can't be eating nuts on the air. Yeah. Anyway, Jerry, yeah, he's the Eagles' offensive quality control coach. I don't even know what that means. That sounds like another awesome job. A backup quarterback where you never play you into offensive quality control coach. Now, there's 32 NFL teams. How many of the people in finance on a per-year basis say, we're writing this guy a check? What does he you, do? Yeah, what do you think you make for offensive quality control coach? Is, is there minimum salaries uh, for I don't, I don't even know coaches? I would say, what is a what is what is his title? He's offensive quality control coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I give him fifty grand. <laughs> oh, I would say it's at least three times that. Yeah, I don't know I, about that. Have you ever seen? I think some of those lower level coaching jobs, I don't yeah. think you get paid very much. I got him at 120. He's, he's making a minimum of 10 grand. They're going to announce that contract like they do the players and I hope playing. so. I would I'm like going to call know. down there. Do you remember too, especially in a case like that, that's a former player that's trying to get a start. He's made millions of dollars and it's not I don't want to I don't want to knock him, but it's not exactly the most important coaching job. I on see the what staff. you're saying. They're so, like, "Hey, we'll throw you a bone here." Think about this. Think about how many former players become coaching interns and do it for nothing. That's true. So I give him fifty-two grand, a thousand bucks a week. Everybody's happy. Quick break. Speaking of fifty-two, it's five fifty-two. Uh, we're wow. going to get you Boomer and Geo at the top on a not football Friday, but still a very cool Friday. <gasps> but right now, a Radio.com Sports Minute with Amy Lawrence talking about. Oh, look at this! A quarterback in Philly. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, we got you a couple more minutes. Islanders lost a tough one last night in a shootout to the Penguins, and that was pretty much it. No one else played, so football Friday. We didn't get to do cool games, but we did do cool shames. What else you got, Al? Jerry, I see there was a middle-aged female fan at the uh, Australian Open who just was consistently giving the finger to Rafael Nadal. And he handled it well. He, he was, like, stunned that she was pointing the uh, finger. Well, not pointing, but giving him the finger. Oh, like, nonstop. Nonstop. Yes, correct. And now they're not going to have any more fans nope. there because of it's the over. coronavirus. Correct. They're having a five-day lockdown in Sydney. Put it on lockdown. Yeah. They've done the lockdown before, Australia. And it's they worked do, every time. But they do a serious lockdown. Correct. Like, it's not we're having a lockdown. You know, everybody's a target. Like, you're in your house. <laughs> right. We're on a lockdown, unless, of course, you want to browse the furniture section at Target. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see the restrictions that they have or what they're allowed to do? Yeah, I did see, like, they're allowed to go to the supermarket, right? And the gym. And the gym for yes. mild exercise. Correct. Two hours and, at the gym they're allowed every day. And to walk your dog. Correct. Otherwise, Stay home. lock it down. Yeah. And, and like I said, they've done this, I think, three or four times, and they've been yeah. very successful with it. Our friend Annie, who used to work at uh, WFAN Sales, she lives in Australia. No, she, she was, was in lockdown. New Zealand. She's no, in she's in Australia. Oh, I didn't realize she, that. She was on a major lockdown at one point where like, she, she started going a little... I, to this day, whenever I think of her, the admiration I have for her is through the roof. Like The idea that she just picked up and said, screw it, I'm moving, and she didn't decide to move cross town, cross yes. county, cross the country. Hell, I'm going to Australia. A whole nother continent. That is, you know what? You talk about a life change. She's going to end up at the end of the day when her time comes, she's going to have like different lives within her life. Right. 
and she gets to interact with kangaroos. You and I might never see a live kangaroo except in a, in a zoo. Ah, you know what? I do want to go to Australia. It's one of the places I would like to go. Why well, do you keep Paris, but I would like to go to Australia. Listen to Boomerang Geo, morning 6 to 10.